so bad he was in the Air Force along with my other two brothers they were in the Air Force also they were all three pilots he uh, went over to the South Pacific on the mission that he went on he got shot down On Christmas Eve, we got the message. And Bill was killed. It's a beautiful thing to know, even though in the midst of sadness, and despair that your loved ones perished so that we might have the freedoms we have. I would like to express my thanks to all the people, all the, the, the men and women that have served our country and have perished so that we might have the freedoms that we have today. Again, we, um, we want to recognize that although we look forward to getting a day off and all that kind of stuff, let's remember those who paid the ultimate price so that we can still worship and we can still be free. And uh, that's what Memorial Day is. It's not uh, Veterans Day. We celebrate that in November. It's to, uh, to honor those who have paid the ultimate cost. So um, in, in that same vein, let us just, um, just pray as we open up. Lord God, we th thank you that we recognize um, all those who have given their lives so that we can be free and uh, celebrate in what we consider the greatest country on earth. Yes, we have our issues, but God, we can still gather together and worship your name where many people in the world can't. And um, 
th these people who paid that ultimate price. Uh, we, we pray for their, their families, that some of those who are still doing the same thing at this moment, we pray for their families, um, that we recognize that uh, during this celebration this weekend, that their um, sacrifice was not in vain. And God, in the same vein, we, we thank you for uh, your presence, which you gave your life for all the world, that we may, um, we may be saved in and through your sacrifice. Greater love has no one than this, than they lay down their life for their friends. And that's what you did for us, and that's what so many did. Um, in service to our country. And for that, we give you praise for them and for you. And Lord, let us just worship your name as we just stand at this moment and lift your name higher. In Jesus' name, amen. Please stand. feels dry this is my prayer in my hunger and need my god is the god who provides this is my prayer in the fire in weakness or trial or pain there is a faith proof to more worth than gold so refine me lord through the flame I will bring praise, I will bring praise, no weapon formed against me shall remain. I will rejoice, I will declare, God is my victory and He is here. This is my prayer in the battle. When triumph is still on its way I am a conqueror and co-heir with Christ So firm on His promise I'll stand I will bring praise, I will bring praise No weapon formed against me shall remain I will rejoice, I will declare God is my victory and He is here all of my life in every season you are still god i have a reason to sing i have a reason to worship all of my life in every season you are still god i have a reason to sing I have a reason to worship All of my life In every season You are still God I have a reason to sing I have a reason to worship All of my life in every season you are still god i have a reason to sing i have a reason to worship i will bring praise i will bring praise no weapon formed against me shall remain 
I will rejoice, I will declare, God is my victory and He is The seed I've received, I will know God is able. Huh? God is able. He will never fail. He is almighty God. Greater than all we see, greater than all we ask. He has done great things. Lift it up, he defeated the grave. Praise to life, our God is able. In his name, we overcome. For the Lord, our God is able. God is with us. He will go our side. He will make a way. Far above all we know, far above all we hope. What has he done? He has done great things. Lifted up, he defeated the grave. Raised to life, our God is able. In his name, we overcome. For the Lord, our God is able. God is with us. He will go before. He will never leave us. He will never leave us. God is for us. He has open arms. He will never fail us. He will never fail us. Lift it up. 
he defeated the grave raised to life our god is able in his name we overcome for the lord our god is able lift it up he defeated the grave raised to life our god is able in his name we overcome for the lord our god is able for the lord our god is able for the lord our god is able Say that's one of my favorite songs. Um, God is able. So, uh, isn't it good to know? Amen. He's with us. He will go before. Never leave us. This side was this side was the Pentecostal side today. Just letting you know. That's that's in. I mean, see, they aren't even responding. So, they, it's the Baptist side. Well, no, we got one over here. All right. All right. All right. It's all good. It's all good. And so, you guys know what that means after the series, right? Pentecostal side, I think uh, we all, it doesn't matter how we, uh, how we show, it just matters the presence of God and his power in our lives, and that's what we're here to do. So, all right, we are in our, our fourth uh, week of our series on the Holy Spirit, and, um, and so uh, we're going we're gonna to talk a little bit more today about the Holy Spirit, and um, it's going to be awesome. But before that, um, we want to go to our, our prayer list um, today. Um, do we, did you got any prayers today? Anybody? Yes. Okay. Okay. So t- so Kay Kay Hill and her husband, and they took care of. Um... <laughs> okay. Okay, all right, so we want to lift them up in prayers of the family. What was her name, her first name? Arlene. Arlene Hill. Okay, so we lift that. Yeah, go ahead. Well, just got a text from a friend of ours in Florida. He's been losing weight. Mm-hmm. He's up close to 200 pounds, and he's down to 148 Ooh. pounds. He's been in the hospital, and he's got severe pain, so he needs prayer. So a friend of yours from Florida has is, is lost a lot, like 60-some pounds, and is in a lot of pain, so we want to lift up prayers. Any others? Yeah, go ahead, Holly. Okay, so uh, cancer for your friend of yours? 
Okay, so we want to lift up them up in prayers. We haven't done this. This feels like old school. Um, so we'll go with this. Yeah, go ahead, Joanna. Oh, wow. So significant. All right. Well, we thank God for, for his provision there um, in, that, in that, definitely. Anyone else? Yeah, go ahead, Patty. I'd, I'd like to continue keeping my brother in Paul. prayers. Yeah, keep Paul Smith in your prayers. And I also have a toy. Okay. My daughter and her husband opened up the store. Yes. Yes, Thursday. So yep. They bought Cooper's Market. They bought old Cooper's Market, yep. So we want to thank God for that. That's good. Um, definitely. Um, anybody else? Any other prayers? All right. Yes. Yeah, Pete. Congratulations, Pete, for your retirement. Pete is, but I, I know Pete uh, grass ain't going to grow under his feet. Um, but uh, Pete's uh, served what? How many years? Thirty-two and a half years as a firefighter, and so we thank God for his service. And I know it's it's a little weird, right? Uh, a little bit, Debbie's saying, yes, it is. So um, we, we know that. So, but, but congratulations. You've arrived, buddy. And uh, we thank God for, for that, definitely. All right. What? Oh, yes. And you have a new grandchild. We talked about that last week. So just in time, you retire, you can change some more diapers. There we go. All right. So, um, so we're thankful for, for that little guy um, that's, that's in their lives as well. Anybody else before we go? Yeah. All right. Okay, okay. So job at Camp Cometh, and so we want to thank God for that for you. Um, anyone else? Okay. Um, so we just, uh, I, I thank God um, just, just the fact that, um, you know, we're kind of like, there does seem to be some light at the end of the tunnel with all of this, um, this COVID stuff. So I'm, I'm just thanking God for that. And then hopefully we continue in that pattern because you never know anymore, correct? Um, but a lot different than it was last year for sure. Um, so, and then um, I ask that you just keep me, uh, continue to keep me in your prayers this week, particularly on Thursday. Um, one o'clock would be good. Just, just keep praying. And, um, and so uh, God is able, right? So that's what we're praying for. So um, I, I hope that you continue to do that, and just continue to always to keep me in prayers and the family and everybody else, all right? So let's go to the Lord in prayer now. Heavenly Father, we come to you today. We are, we are so thankful, thankful to come into your presence, um, your presence to, to share uh, the world, to share with the world the great and the goodness of God. Um, you are, you're amazing. And God, um, we are faulty. We... Um, uh, we mess up. You may say this is the way, walk in it, but a lot of times we try to take a long path. And so, God, um, there's so many prayers and requests here. I kind of just thank you right now, even though I didn't plan on that, to kind of have a time where we just opened, shared our prayer requests, that we had a mix of, of just um, needs, concerns, and but mostly we had some joys in there as well. And so, God, I just thank you for, for just even, I thank you for the struggles in life. Um, it's the struggles in life that sometimes help us just wake up and say, wow, I need God. And, um, and it also has us just recognize that you got this. We may not, may not uh, always feel that, whether it's um, a friend in Florida who's uh, losing weight and having health issues, whether it's a, a family who has uh, lost the loved one or, or what have you, um, or people that are facing illness and surgeries, God, whatever it may be, um, help us just recognize that you go before us. 
you'll never leave us. Um, for those joys, we thank you for your presence. And that in a world that seems to just continue to throw so much at us, and it, with an enemy, uh, Satan, who loves to just attack us, um, I thank you for the great moments that you give to us. Um, for friends and mo- family, and most importantly, uh, the body of Christ that um, is there for you. So whatever we have uh, that is prepared today that you have for us, I know what I'm planning on doing, but God, I also know enough that your Holy Spirit can take that and do whatever you want with it. And I just pray that it won't fall on deaf ears, that it won't just sit in our spirits for this time, but more importantly, you will empower your church to do uh, um, exceedingly more than we can ever imagine. And for that, we give you praise in the mighty name of Jesus Christ, your Son, our Lord. And everybody says, amen. Amen. Awesome. Awesome. Uh, A couple announcements. Number one, I'm going to put the um, bulletin, even though we have a a couple copies of the hard copy up there. We do also have the QR code. I know some of you have really enjoyed doing that, where you pull out your smartphone, go ahead, hit your little uh, camera and hold it down, and then it'll pop open, and you can have the bulletin fill in uh, digitally, um, because that's what we do now. Um, And so um, go ahead and do that. We'll leave that up there for a while while I give a couple other announcements. Like um, we know that Sunday school and nursery is rolling. It was awesome at the beginning to hear some kids crying. I love it. It's awesome. Um, And and uh, I've I've always had this thing. I know people are like, oh, my gosh, kids, you know. Hey, Jesus said the kingdom of heaven is like theirs. So um, we, it's not the future that's theirs, but, but we need it now. And I've, I've missed that we haven't had that for a much of the last year. So I am thankful for, for babies and for kids and all that other kind of stuff. Um, so please look at that. We are continuing, um, if possible, to go ahead and rest her a little bit just to kind of ease ourselves in. But if not, you're here and we're thanking God for that. Um, see, there they are again. Awesome on cue. Um, if you're facing a crisis, again, you don't have to do it alone. We have um, our Stephen ministry, and they're there here to uh, to journey with you and um, and to help through life. We have been doing a baby bottle drive, and our baby bottle drive, um, we handed out baby bottles, or you can get them at the door. You can fill them with change, money, whatever you want, and um, then we're bringing them back on Father's Day, which is June 20th. And that will, um, that will be uh, a collection for the Cecil County Pregnancy Center. Also, um, if you want to, you can also uh, uh, donate online, um, an online baby bottle if you want to go ahead and do that. And you can see our, um, you can go to havencc.org and you can find the, that information. Youth group is meeting every Sunday following um, church. If you, uh, you're a youth and you haven't gone before, you want to, feel free to connect. Um, and I do know that they are having a retreat at Sandy Cove on the 19th. Um, from 9 to 4, and they're trying to get a count, a final count by June 4th. And um, so we have that, and that works as well. Um, I'm not even bothered by phones, because I went a whole year without hardly anybody, so it's all good. Um, Parish Foundation, again, um, 620, which is Father's Day, and so there's 60 dinner bags, and if you want to go ahead and connect with that, that would be awesome. Okay, so a lot of, a lot of different announcements, and um, believe it or not, it is almost June, even though the weather's like 50 degrees again, um, but we're, we're just going with whatever anymore. I'm just glad to have another day, all right? All right, so that's a, a lot of what we had, and hopefully you got everything that you need to get. You got the your last chance to get the QR code up here um, if you want so. Um, we have been in a series of the Holy Spirit. We spent four weeks in this. And one of the main reasons why we wanted to do this, we followed up a series uh, called Minefield. Uh, many of you might remember that, where we talked about the battle 
for our minds and how we set up strongholds. And strongholds are areas that, that exactly what they say. They were inside of a, a fortified city and they were an area where, where you built walls and it was even stronger and it was protected well. And uh, we were talked about how we, uh, the verse about we need to be transformed by the renewing of our minds. And I kind of always thought, that's a God thing. I come, serve God, God transforms my mind. But it's actually wrong. I am the agent of transforming my mind that by filling it, with the, the word of God, by filling it with the things of God, by heading down maybe new paths than I haven't before. And that's where we kind of um, went with that. And then I just said, well, let's just talk about the Holy Spirit. Um, and so we began to talk about the Holy Spirit. And, um, and so we, we, what we recognize is the book of Acts is actually the fifth book in the New Testament. It was written by Luke. Often many people believe it should be um, associated with the gospel of Luke in one book. Um, many scholars call it Luke-Acts as one big big um, conglomeration. And so Luke was a, uh, a doctor, a physician, and he also was a great researcher. And he researched things. And in this book called Acts, your book, Bible, if you open it up, it may say Acts of the Apostles. Um, it really should be Acts of the Holy Spirit in the early church because it's a record, a historical record of the early church and how God's Spirit, the promise of the Holy Spirit, filled the early church, and empowered them to do things that they never thought could happen. And so we are now, where our theme verse is, we have now come to a point in chapter 19. And as I've said in previous weeks, when we, get, when we look at a Bible and we go to chapter 19, we kind of think like it's one right after the other, like 19 days. But this is several years. This is probably 10 years or so that have occurred, um, and the, the church is talking about where they are. And so here is our theme verse here that we have, and it says, while Apollos was at Corinth, many of you may know the, um, the book called uh, uh, Corinthians, or the two, the, your first and second Corinthians. Anybody been to a wedding lately? The love chapter, love is patient, love is kind. That was written to the church at Corinth. So Paul wrote that to them. So Apollos was in Corinth, and Paul decided to take the road through the interior and end up to go to Ephesus. Now, you may have heard of the book of Ephesians. It is a letter that Paul wrote to the church at Ephesus. There we go. And so, and we'll actually have some verses today from Ephesians. And so Paul went to Ephesus, and when he got there, keep in mind, the church has been going on for some time, and when he got there, here's what he says. When he, there, there in Ephesus, he found some disciples, in other words, they're believers in Jesus, and he says to them, did you receive the Holy Spirit when you believed? Okay, so you with me? He meets some church people. He meets some people. He's, he's been running into Gentiles and Jews, and then he runs into a place where people are actually Christians. And so he goes, hey, did you receive the Holy Spirit when you believed? And here's their response right here. When they answered, no, we have not even heard that there is a Holy Spirit. And so um, what we wanted to do in the series is recognize that even in the early church, people became believers in Jesus Christ, that they had heaven set, they were going to heaven, but they didn't know about the Holy Spirit and who he is. And a lot like today, a lot of us are really good and we understand the love of God, the love that God has for us. And we understand the grace or the, the sacrifice of Jesus Christ. We're good with God the Father and Jesus the Son. 
But many of us are very confused about the Holy Spirit. We may feel like, um, is there, what is the Holy Spirit? Some of us may not, maybe we talked about week one, that's like a spooky thing. We hear the Holy Spirit, we start running. And so week one, we tried to explain the person of the Holy Spirit, that God is God the Father, God the Son, the Holy Spirit, a triune being. And we, we talked about the two different languages of the Old Testament and the New Testament or the Jewish covenant and the New Covenant, that the Jewish covenant was written in Hebrew. And in Hebrew, we have the word for spirit that is ruach. And we talked about that, which means a wind, breath, a violent um, exhalation, or a blast of breath. Okay? And then the New Testament, let me see how good you are. Um, The word was pneuma, where we get our term pneumonia. And it means, it means a current of air or fresh air, a blast of breath, a strong breeze. You know, like when it was hot, really hot, you kind of got that breeze and you go, like that. And we, were, we talked a little bit about that. And what we were talking about is the challenge for the translators to get to a point of how do, they, how do you transfer a blast of breath? Do you call it the holy blast of breath? The holy, right? Um, how do you translate that? So they came up with this term spirit or ghost. And it's not perfect, but it kind of gives us a little bit. That week two, we decided to take on another um, term that was given, um, associated when we talk about the Holy Spirit, and that was the term charismatic or charismata. And we kind of dispelled the myth that it doesn't just mean that it's people who handle snakes and stuff, that it's not those kind of people um, that do that. That, char- that it's, it's nothing further from the word, that actually charismatic or charisma is a freely favor, a freely, uh, a, excuse me, a favor freely given or a grace gift that God gives to us. It just means a gift um, when you call it charisma. And then last week, we talked about a big term. And it was Pentecost Sunday, and we talked about the term Pentecostal. And for us, I also, I joked and I said, for a lot of people, that means you wear a lot of makeup or none at all. And it's one of those things. But we found out that it is nothing further from the truth, that Pentecost is actually a day. And it means, ready? 50. Okay? Anybody freaked out by 50? Okay? So we, we talked about that. And, um, and we, just, we just talked about what that day was, and we took three of the top feasts, in, um, in Judaism, and we shared about how Jesus came to fulfill what was preached about in the Old Testament, and that Pentecost just gives us the power to make a difference uh, through the Holy Spirit, and that was last week. Today, what we're going to talk about is another term, and it's not in your bulletin right there, but I want to talk about this term right here. We're going to talk about baptism, all right? Baptism, and baptism just means to be immersed in. Baptism means to be immersed in. And today, you're saying, okay, Jack, well, what does that have to do? Today, we're going to talk about baptism in the Holy Spirit and what it means to be immersed in the Holy Spirit. Um, That baptism is not something that just is about water, like we put there, but that there's several baptisms that we we talk about um, that's talked about in the Scripture, and I want to help clarify that because that's what we've been doing. We all come from different backgrounds here, and I want to get us all on the same the same uh, page and the same playing field so we can share um, what God has for us here today. So we're going to talk about being immersed in the Holy Spirit. And it reminded me of a story I heard about a traveling evangelist who was at a place, this was back in the days where they would have tent meetings. 
And they set up a tent and people would flock in and they would get there during the week and, and they would go ahead uh, and do these things. And so this evangelist was actually not in a tent. He was at a church, an old school, um, old style church with a big balcony in the background. And there was people out there. And for his last week, he, he really wanted to have a big giant like crescendo to this. So at the end of this revival meeting, when it was time to preach, he would secretly hire a small boy who would, he would send up in the back corners of the balcony where nobody was with um, a dove, a symbol of the Holy Spirit. And he would say, come Holy Spirit. And all of a sudden, the boy would release a dove and people, and it just was a big crescendo that happened. So, he had once again found a young boy in town and said, hey, here's what I want to do. When I get to the point, I say, come Holy Spirit, I want you to release that dove. And, and it's just going to be amazing, an amazing end to that. So the boy grabbed the dove. He went up into the, to the back rafters, up into the area where, um, where the, uh, the, the balcony uh, with, with the dove, and he sat there, and the pastor gave one of those old school fire and brimstone and Holy Spirit, you know, evangelist messages, and people were weeping, and people were excited, and, and people were coming to the altar and everything, and as he got to the end of this service, he yelled out, raised his arms, and said, come Holy Spirit, and nothing happened, and he says, over here, maybe you he didn't hear me, and he said, and so, so we are all going to come together. And he said, come, Holy Spirit. Nothing. And then he said, I said, come, Holy Spirit. And at that, he heard, sir, a cat ate the Holy Spirit. Should I throw that down? Many times I think that's how we've approached the Holy Spirit of God, that we've had it swallowed up by something in our world. And we haven't been open to the power and the presence of the third part of the Trinity, the Holy Spirit. And so we aren't going to be throwing yellow cats down or cats down out of the rafters today. What we are going to do is, is open up and allow the Spirit of God to talk to us today, as I'm going to share with you three baptisms for your spiritual journey, okay? Um, and that's where we're going to start and, and go today. The first baptism that we have is called the baptism into the body of Christ. And again, hopefully you have your bulletin if you want to write this down and connect. The baptism in, uh, into the body of Christ. This is what we call being saved or salvation. This is what we don't talk about as baptism, but when we are saved, it is not about a church and it's not about a religion. Let me say that again. It is about a relationship. It's not about a religion, but a relationship. It's a relationship with Christ by accepting the gift that he gave to us on the cross of his life, paying our sins, something that we can't pay on our behalf. And as I've mentioned, hell is not a place where God goes to send us where we're punished. It's a place where we go saying, I'm going to pay my own debt. Okay, the debt of sin and death. Hell is where I go for pay, wanting to pay my own debt that I couldn't pay in the first place, but... Jesus offers me a better way. And by doing that, um, salvation, accepting Christ, is about a relationship with him. But it's not just with him. It is a relationship with the church, the body of Christ, which the church is called. It is to be a vibrant and authentic and a passionate relationship. 
And I notice I said it is to be because many times it hasn't been in, in um, the, the life of the Christian. In 1 Corinthians 12, 13, it says this, for we were all baptized by one spirit, where? Into the body. This is the baptism into the body of Christ. In Galatians, it's, uh, the body is a family of believers. In Galatians chapter 3, here's what uh, Paul writes here. It says, you are sons of God through faith in Christ Jesus, that's accepting him, for all of you were baptized into Christ and have clothed yourself with Christ. This is the acceptance of, you can see, sons of God through faith in Jesus Christ. You put your faith in Christ, that he is who he says he is, that he did what he say, says he did. And that means you say, Jesus, I'm a sinner. I missed the mark of what you intended, but I know that you paid the price for me. I accept you as my Savior. Bam. That's where we go. And that is this. This is the first step. And the first step in the Christian journey is to be immersed in a relationship with Jesus and his church. John 20, verse 19 and 22. It tells us something really interesting. And this is after the crucifixion and resurrection. And I'm going to tell you, and if you want to write in your Bible and do something, you can do that. It's okay. Um, what, what, you, what this is about is this is about when the disciples got saved. You say, wait, 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 wait a second, time out. I thought they were with Jesus for three years. They were, but Jesus had not yet gone to the cross and he had not yet paid for their sins and he had not yet raised from the dead. So as we see this, this is an account of their salvation experience. Um, and here we go. And what happened is after the resurrection, Jesus spent 40 days um, meeting, uh, seeing people popping in and out of places that were locked and being like, hey, what's up? And they're like, ah, okay, um, and doing all kinds of stuff like that. And this is an account of that. So here we go. On the evening of that first day of the week, when the disciples were, were together with the doors locked for fear of the Jewish leaders, so they're all locked in there, um, Jesus came and stood among them and said, peace be with you, which I think is really kind of funny. Because um, here they are, they're locked up, they're hiding around there. All of a sudden, Jesus pops in and goes, hey, peace, what's up? And they go, huh? I mean, um, they would think they saw the Holy Ghost, you know what I mean, at that point. And many of them uh, thought that. So afterwards, he then again shows them, what does he do? Uh, where are we at? Uh, and again, Jesus said, peace, uh, here we go. After this, he showed them his hands. I say, hey, because they're like, he goes, peace be with you. They go, whoa! And he said, wait, wait, wait a second, look, it's me. Here's my hands. Here's my side, see? And the disciples then were, ah! And they were overjoyed, and Jesus said, peace be with you. Okay, and he does it again, because like, okay. Because now they went from being afraid of, ah, what's that? To now they're like, yes, they're overjoyed. And he says, peace, chill out. Calm down, all right? He says, peace be with you. As the Father has sent me, I am sending you. Okay, and with that, he went, he breathed on them and said, what? Receive the Holy Spirit, okay? So that's important because at that moment, Jesus is giving them new life. He's giving them the promise that he promised a little bit before because in their salvation, the Holy Spirit comes into them and also into us. Right? That's what happens at salvation. So at that moment, even though they were with him for three years, 
and Jesus now had paid the price on the cross. They had not yet been immersed in, in the Holy Spirit at this time. Because Jesus said, receive the Holy Spirit. At that moment, they do. Isn't it cool that back in Genesis when God create, uh, formed Adam from the dust, what did he do? Breathe life into him. And here you have Jesus breathing new life into the disciples because they were a mess up to this point. And even though they followed him and trusted him, at the, at, on Good Friday when he was crucified, they all ran away and hid and locked into this point. And Jesus pops in the room and says, and brings new life into them, okay? Um, so that's what happens here. In Luke 24, 36, 49, this is um, the same account in a different way. And it says, while they were talking about this, Jesus himself stood among them, and he said to them, what did he say? Peace be with you, okay? Then he says this, I am going, uh, I am going to send you what my father has promised, but stay in the city until you have been clothed with power from on high. So we know before, keep this in your mind and just hold on to it. We know that from the previous account, he did what? Receive the Holy Spirit. That is salvation. That is this um, baptism into the body of Christ. But he gives, tells them, hey, hang out in the city because something else is coming. So there's two different things here that we have here. Um, they, had, they, hadn't, they received the Holy Spirit by him breathing on them, but they had not yet been immersed in what we're going to talk about in a little while, the baptism of the Holy Spirit. In Acts chapter 1, verses 3 through 5, I'm giving you a lot of scripture today. Um, after his suffering, he presented himself to them and gave them many convincing proofs like, that he was alive, like, peace be with you. Here's my hand, here's my side. Peace be with you, chill out. Okay, that's some of the things that he did. Um, he appeared to them over 40 days and spoke about the kingdom of God. On one occasion while he was eating with them, which is so awesome because that means his glorified body. That means when we get a glorified body, we still get to eat. On one occasion while he was eating with them, he gave them this command. Do not leave Jerusalem, but wait for the gift my father has promised, which you have heard me speak about. For John baptized with water but in a few days you will be baptized in the Holy Spirit. So what we have here, John baptized with water, that is a salvation experience, but a baptism in the Holy Spirit is an additional future experience. I want you to see that. I want you to see that for where we're going today. Notice it's future tense. That What he's saying is, yeah, receive the Holy Spirit, but God's got something else for you too, okay? And, and I think so... so one of the things we've done really well in the church for years have we've talked about the, the baptism into the body of believers, but we think that's it. And it's not. It's not what God has for us. Another baptism. This is one we are very familiar with. It is water baptism. And I'm going to tell you, it is another separate thing. It's separate from the experience of salvation. You do not have to be water baptized to be saved. Now, that, I know that probably has messed with somebody's theology at this moment, and that's okay, um, because it's a separate experience. Uh, and, I, and why do you say, Jack, then why do you have to do that? I truly believe with all my heart that baptism, water baptism is something additional 
And I'm going to tell you why. Because if we needed water baptism to be saved, then it makes it about what we do, not what Christ did. And the baptism into the body of believers, you have to do nothing except for, okay, I accept it. You see what I mean? So it's, it's, and the scripture tells us, it's not from ourselves so that no one can boast. That is God's free gift of grace. It is God's charismatic gift. It is his gift to us, and we've done nothing to deserve it at all. Anybody got a really good gift that you don't deserve in life? Okay. Um, God has a really good gift for us that we don't deserve, and it's his son, Jesus Christ. And he gave his life up for us. That is that part. Water baptism is something additional. And, um, and so I'm pointing that out because um, many people actually believe that, you, that if you accept Jesus, you better get water baptized, or if, if you die, you're not going to heaven. Then that makes it about our works, not about his grace. And so that's wrong. Now, I do believe it's, it's good. I mean, the church is so messed up that we actually get in big arguments about what needs to be said when we are water baptizing somebody, some people have had arguments about you need to baptize in the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Other people say, nope, it's in Jesus' name. So I want to tell you something here. At Haven, we baptize in the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit in Jesus' name. We're taking care of all of it. Okay? But again, it's not about my works and what I say. It's about his grace and our, his undeserved favor for us. So... I really honestly, I'm going to tell you, I honestly don't believe some of the stuff that we in the church think are so important. I don't believe that one day you may go to heaven, and you, you, which means you died, and you go to heaven, and you show, up at, you show up at heaven, and you go, you say, Jesus, and he says, hold on a second. You don't know it because you were under the water, but the person only said in Jesus' name, I'm sorry, go to hell. You know, I don't think that's going to happen. You know what I mean? I don't think it's happening. But we spend a lot of time and waste a lot of time and push a lot of people away from the body of Christ by our ignorance of who Jesus is. And so whether what we say or not, it's about what he has done. And that's what we need to know. Now, some people have had a baptism of salvation, but not water baptized. And what I want to tell you is, awesome, you're going to heaven. But God's got something else for you, too. You know, 27 times in the New Testament, people got saved and immediately were water baptized. It was saved and baptized with water. Look at what it says here in Acts chapter 2, 41. Those who accepted the message, his message were baptized. That's water baptized. Um, and you say, Jack, why are you saying this? Because accepting the message of Jesus, accepting salvation, accepting the baptism into the body of Christ is a private decision between you and God, right? It's between you and the Lord. But there will come a day, hopefully, that you take the next step, and water baptism is an outward sign of an inward and spiritual grace. It's an outward sign of what God is doing in your life. It is a public profession of saying, hey, Jesus and I are cool, and I'm going to show the world by being baptized in water. This is where I am. You see the difference? So you can't have a private thing that is all about God and not what we do equal to something that is public and all about what we do. You see what I mean? And so, um, so there's two different things. Both of them are really good. It's why we have a wedding ceremony and not just a wedding. It's, we say, hey, here we go. This is the wedding. It's why we wear wedding bands. 
that it is a outward invisible sign of a connection that I made with my wife or that you made with your husband or whatever. It's that connection that you guys made together by saying, this is what we are doing. It's not just the ceremony. I've told people in every wedding I've ever done, this is great. This is an awesome day. You look, you look beautiful. You look really awesome. Um, I said, but guess what? A wedding is not a marriage. It's not. It is the onward commitment and is the outward saying, hey, I belong to him. I belong to her that makes that commitment every day. That's what baptism is. Baptism, like, the, I could go buy a wedding band and not be married and wear it around, correct? Just because I wear something doesn't mean that I'm married. Everybody with me? Um, and, uh, and, and so what, what I'm saying about that is I can get baptized like many people do, but never have a commitment of, being, of, what, of accepting the grace that Jesus has for me and accepting the baptism into the body of Christ. I'm going to tell you, if you can do one, start with the first one, and that's the one you need. Start with what Jesus gives you, and the other one's extra. But so many people have got it wrong today that we've got it that even with kids— we say, I've had people say, I want to get my kid done. And when I'm in a kind of like ornery mood, I said, medium or rare? You know, I mean, and they're like, what? I said, what do you mean by getting them done? Again, we are, we are wrongly thinking that what we are doing is better than what God is doing. But no, what God is doing in the life is most important, and it's an outward sign of what we're doing. Even for infants, and I know that messes with some Baptists, just to go along with us, it's dedication, all right? Um, here we talk about doing uh, dry cleaning and rinse cycle. We're cool. It's not about what we do. It's about him. And so what we say is that God loves this child just like we do because our kids are a mess. Am I right? You ever taken care of a baby? They ever thrown up on you? They ever pooped on you? They repeat on you? Do you say, oh my gosh, get out, throw them outside? No. But if I did that to you at your house, chances are you're not inviting me over anytime soon. But you love them because they are yours. And the fact is that God loves every one of us because we belong to him. And he loves us so much that even though cognitively this brain at that point cannot decide, hey, I think I'll accept the baptism into the body of Christ, God has placed us in families and said, hey, until they are able to choose that, I want you to raise them in the church so they have a better shot. This world isn't going to take them out. You see what I mean? And so that's why we, why we do what we do, what we do there. But we ain't getting anything done. God is the only one who does anything. And that's through that first baptism. Everybody good? And that's why we also have a yearly baptismal service, at least, where we used to go down to Northeast Park, Last year, we went right across the road here, down there, um, and went down into that pond, and it was really cool. Um, it was great. It was a beautiful area. There was a tree down because of the storm. It was wonderful. But we went ahead, and we did it, and we, we dunked people and all that kind of stuff. As an, then the people there were giving an outward profession of saying, hey, I'm cool with Jesus, and that was private, but I'm telling the world this is what I'm doing. And so we even have shirts back there, I think, in the closet, don't we, Keith, somewhere? I think there's a, um, uh, some um, really cool, cool designs there that we have that we give to you. Because why? We want you to have that. We want you to also be able to have that shirt so you can walk around and go, go ahead and say, oh, wow, that person uh, is, um, is with Christ and made a public profession. All right? I should have probably brought one up here, but oh well. Um, 
So in Matthew chapter 10, verse 32, here's what it says. Jesus says, whoever acknowledges me before men, I will also acknowledge him before my Father in heaven. But whoever disowns me before men, I will disown him before my Father in heaven. That is a big statement. A big statement. That God, that basically, Jesus saying, hey, if you accept him as Savior and Lord, you're getting to heaven. But he's got something better and more for you in addition to that. All right? So, um, Step one is receive Jesus as your Lord. Step two is go public with your faith. That's really what we're talking about. And let's go to step three. You ready? Step three, baptism in the Holy Spirit. The disciples had received the Holy Spirit when Jesus appeared to them. Remember their salvation experience? Peace, right? Receive the Holy Spirit. But Jesus told them, remember I said, we read that verse, told them to wait for the power. And what he meant was, immersion in the Holy Spirit. And when I talk about immersion, it's like this. If you have a glass full of water, then you have that water inside, right? That, that water is there. But if I take that glass and dump it in a pool, it is immersed in the water. You see what I mean? See the difference there? And so that's, that's what we have here. And it's, it's another experience on the spiritual journey that God wants us to be immersed in. In Acts chapter 5, verse 12, It tells us, Philip went down to a city in Samaria and proclaimed the Messiah. That's Jesus there. But when they believed, Philip, as he proclaimed the good news of the kingdom of God and the name of Jesus, they were baptized, both men and women. Okay, everybody follow that? And here we are. Now we're going to go up a little bit further in that verse. And here's what it says. When the apostles in Jerusalem heard that Samaria had accepted the word of God, that is that initial baptism into the body. Everybody see that? Um, And they sent Peter and John with them. Now remember, that last verse said that they accepted the word, they believed, and were baptized. Water baptized. That's the first two we've talked about. So they sent Peter and John to them, and when they arrived, they prayed for them that they may do what? Might receive the Holy Spirit, Um, and they might receive the Holy Spirit. Why? Because the Holy Spirit had not yet come upon any of them. They had simply been baptized into the name of the Lord. You are seeing this journey right here. Everybody see this? They believed that salvation, when that happens, the Holy Spirit comes into their lives. Okay? That's the glass with the water in it. Everybody with me? Okay, you find, and then they were then baptized, immersed public profession of their decision. And then Peter and John placed their hands on them and they received, were immersed in the Holy Spirit. Everybody see that? Okay, I just want to let you know I'm not making this up. It's the word of God. This is not to get to heaven. That was already taken care of when they believed. But this is giving them, as we bring back last week, the Pentecost experience, the power to do something, that God has something for them to do. And we need power from the Holy Spirit to accomplish what God has called us to do. Because whatever God has called us to do, we cannot do on our own power. We will always fail. And we need, God needs an empowered church to pull off what he's called us to do. I believe that we have a saved church. 
I believe in many ways we have a public profession church. Where I think we are missing out on is an immersed church in the Holy Spirit that Jesus needs in order to combat the, the evil powers of this world to have the power of Christ Jesus. In 1 John, written by John, verses 5, 7 through 8, it says, and here it is, a wonderful picture. There are three that bear witness in heaven. The Father, the Word, that's Jesus. John loves to call Jesus the Word. That's what he starts his gospel with. The Word became flesh and dwelt among us. The Logos, that's Jesus. And the Holy Spirit. Okay, there is the, if everybody says, where's the Trinity in the Bible? Right there. Okay, the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. And these three are what? One. There is the Trinity. And there are three that bear witness on earth. What is it? The Spirit, the water, and the blood. What you see in reverse order, the blood salvation, the baptism into the body of Christ, free gift given by Jesus Christ on the, from the, his work on the cross. Water public profession, baptism, and immersion in the Holy Spirit of God. Isn't that awesome? That's given right there in different place. And these three agree as one. Three baptisms. And what, what I'm saying here is simply this. There is a spiritual journey that God has for you. For every single one of us. Why? So we can be effective on the earth. God has that spiritual journey. And, you know, like, if I wanted to, um, I remember years ago, Melissa and I decided for New Year's Eve to pack a whole bunch of little kids in a car, um, five of them, into a, an, an old van, and we said, hey, where do you want to go? And I said, um, we both were like, hey, what about Disney? And we said, okay. And I said, but let's not tell them in case we don't make it. You know what I mean? You don't tell the kids because then they'd be disappointed. You just pack them in the car and say, where are we going? Ah, don't worry about it. It'll be fun. Because it might have been Delaware by the time we got there. You know what I mean? And we would have made some fun in Delaware. But we packed them into a car and went. The journey and the destination was Orlando. But we had a journey to get there. We didn't just close our eyes and we're there. At any time along that, it was our free choice to stop that journey. It's the same thing. In our journey with Christ, you can stop at salvation and you still got heaven, but there's more. You can stop with water baptism and making a pro public profession of faith, but guess what? There's more. Or you can be immersed and have the three in the Holy Spirit and have power from God on high. And that's, that's what he says. So I thought, what, what a, how, how should I share this with you? I just figured I'd share some of my journey. Some of you have heard parts of this. Some of you have heard this before. Just bear with me and go with it, okay? That's what I got, so you go with it, all right? Um, I was born. 1971. I am Pentecost, 50, all right? Um, and raised in the church. I mean, like, when I say raised in the church, the first week after I was born, I was in church, Everything about our life revolved around church and around Jesus. I'm not just talking about Sundays. And we were Methodists, where you only go on Sunday, Sunday morning. Not, not like Baptist Wednesday and you know what I mean? But every part of my life and Joe's life centered around the church and ministry. And my father as a pastor. Um, we, we would go, we had revivals. 
We had, um, dad was called on speaking engagements where um, as we grew older, mom would make clothes that matched. Here's Jack and Jill in matching clothes, yes? Um, and we had to sing these songs. The first song I think I ever sang was um, one of the songs I remember, I'll Be a Cowboy, a Christian Cowboy. Yes. I'm not lying. The first time we sang in church, I was probably three. Jill was singing. I went up, took her dress, and wrapped around me and buried my head right in her back. All right? So I'm saying we were in the church and active in it from a, you know, like a sideshow from when we were young. We would be carried to um, uh, Bible studies and prayer meetings and um, and all kinds of things. When we, even when uh, we were younger, before people went off to, and, and we grew, before we went off to school, we would sit down and have devotions. I remember we had this weird book that we would have at dinner time at times, and, and they would ask a question. We couldn't even eat, you know, tater tots without talking about Jesus. It was there at the table. It was constant. And yes, as life ebbs and flows and people get busy and not, it goes like this up and down, but still, it was the main part of our life time and time again. And then what I, what I began to realize is just before I was born in 1971, you see, my dad, years ago from being in an accident and, and all kinds of things, and, and my mom, they were raised in the church, and both of them had, had, a, had been baptized into the body of Christ. And they had also been baptized um, by public profession in their life. But right before I was born, even though my father was a pastor, had a master's of divinity, had served... Um, I served one church as an associate and another one. He began to have a personal encounter with the Holy Spirit. And it changed his life and ministry. Because he had the two baptisms. But at that moment in 1971, right before I was born, he immersed himself in the baptism of the Holy Spirit. And it gave him a foundation. And it gave our family a foundation. And what was Normal for us was abnormal for everybody else. And, you know, I'm, and, and I'm not joking. It was even abnormal for Christian churchgoers. Um, where we were. Like we would go on vacations. And we'd be sitting on the beach. And somebody would have a book. And it had something to do with the Holy Spirit. Next thing I know is, you know, we would have putt-putt nights. We would have movie nights. We would have boardwalk nights. And then we'd have prayer and deliverance nights on vacation. I'm not lying one bit. And we'd be along and people would be praying for each other. That's what we did on vacation. We would have church on the beach. We would do all these kind of things that would happen time and time again. And when I was younger, I really thought this was fantastic and really cool. It was fun. It was just kind of like, wow, this is awesome. And the things of Jesus I, really pumped me up. And at the age of five, at the altar in Christ, Church, Christ United Methodist Church in Federalsburg, Maryland, where my father was the pastor, he gave back then the altar calls. And at that moment, I came up and knelt at the altar of Christ Church. Matter of fact, I spoke there on the 100th anniversary of that church, and a young boy um, came up right to the same spot that I was and gave his life to Christ in the same place. And, um, and as I was there, um, you know, I, I accepted Jesus. I just remember a lot of people hugging me, and I was like, okay, whatever. You know, I was little. I was five, and I, I just knew that this thing about Jesus. From that point, I, was, I received a baptism into the body of Christ at that moment. Several people went up and told my dad and others that they had a vision of Jesus with his hand on my head at that moment. Now, that's cool when you're little, 
It ain't too cold when you're a teenager, right? That's not something that you're excited about during those times. But, but that happened. And as a teenager, you know, I was a teenager. I mean, I, I grew up in this town. Ask somebody, they'll tell you, all right? And, um, and, you know, I remembered, even though I was christened, baptized, whatever you want to call it as a kid, I remember we were at a place and we were at a pool at Madge Dell's house. And I remember, imagine Richie Dell, and I remember they were having a baptismal service. And I decided to receive baptism by immersion and to be dunked. Okay? And I remember, because keep in mind, I had this whole kind of mindset of growing up in a family that was open to the movement of the Holy Spirit and speaking in tongues and healing and, and deliverance and prayers. And I remember when I got in that water, I said, I'm going under. But if I come up thinking anything else but English, God, we are done. All right? And I remember being Going under the water, you know, you accept Jesus as your Lord and Savior. Do you profess him? Yes, yes, yes. Went under that water. I still remember going back and saying, no, 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 no. And I woke up. I came out and I was like, yes. Thank you, Jesus. It's English. You know, I, that's where I was. Because I understood what was going on in my house. Because I slapped those things together. So in my life, at age five, I had had a baptism into the body of believers. As a teenager, I experienced an, a water baptism as a public profession of faith, but I was still a teenager. And um, we began to have these, high, in high school, we began to have these Youth Alive weekends where we would have fun. We would go ahead and we'd play softball and we'd play games and, you know, this kind of games that you do. Jen, Jen knows them all from youth group kind of games that you do and those, those kind of things. Jen, I know you do too. You always pull these things out to get people together and all that, and you, you, you do this. And then on Saturday night was when you would kind of like, okay, let's get serious about about the Lord. So I remember Dave Staples was there. He was here one time in church, and I had him give a benediction. He was there and kind of kind of did that recommit my life to Christ, even though I still was a teenager. But then um, we were up in the upstairs in the, in the um, education wing of Northeast United Methodist Church, and we had a good weekend, and Reverend Kenny Davis was there, and they decided to have this big circle, because that's what you do when you get people together, you put them in a big circle. And we had, they had a chair there and said, hey, um, does anybody want to be prayed for here for anything specifically? So I am the good PK, the preacher's kid. I'm good. I'm going to kickstart these suckers. All these suckers need prayer. So I'm good, but I'm going to do it because I know how this works. All right? So I decided to go ahead and be the first sacrificial victim to get everybody else going. And I sat down because, right, youth leaders – once somebody does it, it breaks the mold and everybody keeps going. And I had some friends there that I really wanted them to come to know Jesus. I wanted them to have the baptism into the body of believers. And so I sat down in the chair, and Reverend Kenny Davis was praying for us. And if you know, if you know Kenny, Kenny's loud. Uh, everything he does, he's loud. Um, and he was there, and he was praying, is there anything you want to pray for? Now, I'm going to take a time out now. A time out was a couple weeks before this, God had been placing in my head, and keep in mind, I was a teenager. I wasn't... The, the pristine, ooh, I'm holy, Jack here. No, not at all. But God kept tapping me on the back and started saying, hey, you need the gifts of the Spirit. I'm like, no, I told you no. And he said, hey, you need to look about the baptism of the Holy Spirit. No, no. I kept saying, no, uh-uh, not happening to me. That's dad, that's mom. I'm not doing that. Keep that away from me. I, constantly, constantly, constantly. It was in my mind. You say, did you share with your parents? No, because I knew what they would have done. Let's pray about it, receive it. No. I didn't say a word to anybody. And so that was what was there. So I'm sitting on this chair. You know, Kenny's praying for me. I'm sitting in the chair. He's like, mm-hmm, he prays. He goes, anything you want to pray for? I said, just to be a better Christian, you know, just 
I got it down. I'm good at this. I know how to do it, the churchy stuff. Okay, so I'm there. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. And I said, okay. And he got done praying for me, and he goes, anything else? I said, nope, I'm good. And he said, okay. And my butt was like this far off the chair. And my dad said, Kenny, God just told me that Jack is wondering about the baptism of the Holy Spirit. And I wanted to punch him in his mouth. (laughs) And then my mom and a couple other spirit-filled Christians said, yeah, I just got the same thing. And I was like, no. (laughs) At that moment, I fell back into the chair and they began to pray for me. And I just gave up. (laughs) There's the Pentecost. Um, And this hot seat prayer that I did to try to get other people to accept Jesus or to take a step of faith, God used to put me in another part of my journey. Now, what I can say in that point, and I know time's going on. If you got to go, go ahead. But I got some good finish here today. God does. Um, what, I, what, I'm, what I'm saying is, is that at that moment, all I can say, it was like, I like Star Wars. And when they go into warp speed, it was kind of like that. And in that room for a little bit, it was just me and Jesus. The presence of God fell, and that's all I knew. It was bright. It was whatever. I didn't care when anybody was there. There you go. I didn't care who was around me, but what I do know is what I didn't want before started pouring out, and it was like blah, and I'm like, no. I said, no, but I didn't care then at that point because it was me and Jesus. And I was, I was that cup that had the water and knew where I wanted it that God all of a sudden said, I'm immersing you in that. And just to let you know, that moment, was there and those gifts, the charismata began to, to flourish, that God began to give words of knowledge and began to, to do some other things. And I still was a teenager, and then I became a college student, and I put that sucker somewhere else. Because God's not going to force his gifts on you. And so because of the immersion, and it wasn't fitting in my life at that time, I wanted to get immersed into the world. And I had the ups and the downs. Guys, I remember, remember I said our parents would pray for people who were oppressed and by uh, spiritual affirmities and everything? I remember coming home one night after drinking, and I drank a lot. And I remember coming home, and I was sitting in the other room, and I heard them in the other room. I was watching television, staying away from people, because I did not want that. I was Jonah. And I remember then finding myself standing at the opening of the door and calling stuff out because the immersion of the Holy Spirit was greater than the other stuff that was in me. And the, and the person looked at me when I started calling out stuff, and Dad said, come on over here and pray. And I started praying. I still remember Mom looking at me going, you know, she's handing me mints because I smelled like alcohol. <laughs> it, was, it was hilarious. She's like, oh. you know, I mean, that was my mom. But you know, what's, you know what's good? It sobered me up quick because the Holy Spirit hit me. Because God's gifts do not depart from us. And I remember early when Dad was a pastor in Claymont, when I was working and I was thrust into a Bible study. And I, was, I went just to be along. And then before I knew it, this lady, Ellie, kept shoving me up. She's saying, God, she kept calling me Pastor Jack. I said, stop that. Stop that. Kept doing that. And then healing, I, she said, pray for this person because when you pray for them, they get well. 
And then um, words of knowledge and counseling and people calling me for counseling. And I'm just like, I'm just a marketing and PR guy. Leave me alone. And all this kind of stuff and, and compassion. And these things started to happen. And then I said, all right, I'll do it. And I joined as a, as a young pastor. And some of you remember that. And I was ready to set the world on fire. And, and then I got beat down by denominational politics after about nine years. And then riding on a lawnmower, God gave me a, a name, Haven Community Church, and I put a logo together. It's the original logo with the little hands, the guy on the sign out there. And God began to instill a passion in me to trust him. Yeah. And in that time, as a middle-aged pastor, having God open doors into the community, to teach and to see our church grow and to be active in addiction ministry and service ministry. To go into a place where I never wanted to do, to say, I don't want anything to do with mission. They let that for the missionaries. I'll remember I said last week, let's throw money at it, you know, and go on and do what you need to do two weeks ago. But then God threw me into Haiti and I found a love for some people that I never thought I would. I have a passion for them and I've seen their lives changed. That ain't me. It's his spirit. This is an active miracle of God because I'm not that good. I'm not. Not at all. It is the journey that God took me on from five years old to a teenager to sitting in a room to growing to where I am now. Not so teenager. But utilizing those. And yet even as this is a total move of God, where God moves... Scripture's very clear, Satan doesn't like. And it tells us to put on the full armor of God. Because he's throwing flaming arrows at us. And we only have the shield of faith to deflect those. We have the helmet of salvation. We have, uh, you know, our, our loins girded up so we don't lose our pants. Bell of truth. And the only weapon we have is the sword of the spirit, which is the word of God. And that's what transforms our mind. And Satan doesn't give up. And I, and I got to tell you, lately, I started thinking last week, I have been just attacked. My family has been attacked just all around me. And I'm like, why am I getting this at this point? And God said to me, your dad was the hedge of protection from the point you were born. And he said, guess what? He's now free with me. God sent me to the book of Job, and so you're going to get a series on the book of Job here pretty soon. You call, I'm going to change the name of it, the book of Jack. Um, and my dad is at peace Amen. in the presence with God. Amen. But I kind of feel that what I thought was bad all these years was just deflection because he was the hedge and using the shield of faith, and my mother as well. And now Jack just happens to be getting the full force. Why? Because Satan doesn't like the ministry that we're doing. And the attacks and accusations on my mind, my character, my family, my friends, and those attacks from those I've cried with and served with, even in times of their pain, their healing, um, have been worshiped with them, have been in service with them, are just part of the game when you allow yourself to be immersed and used by the Holy Spirit. Now, I'm going to tell you, Jack is still not good and not perfect. But he is. So where do I go? Well, sometimes I just want to run away and hide. 
Other times I want to sit and I want to worry. And yes, there are times that I want to give up. You know why? Because that's natural. But we were never made to live in the natural. What do we need to do? We need to tear down the strongholds. We need to be transformed by the renewing of our minds. That's why I went and Google is awesome. You know why Google's awesome? Because everybody thinks because you're a pastor, you know where everything is in the Bible. Google knows better than Jack, okay? So guess what? God's going to fight my battle. Exodus says the Lord will fight for you, and you only have to be silent. That is so hard for me. Um, For the Lord your God is he who goes with you to fight for you against your enemies to give you victory. You shall not fear them, for the Lord your God is the one who fights for you. But they that wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall mount up with wings like eagles. They shall run and not be weary. They shall walk and not faint. Isaiah 54, 7, no weapon that is fashioned against you shall succeed. And you shall confute every tongue that rises against you in judgment. This is the heritage of the servants of the Lord, and their vindication is from me, declares the Lord. The Lord your God who goes before you will fight for you. What shall we say to these things? If God is for us, who can be against us? Fear not, in Isaiah, for I am with you. Be not dismayed, for I am your God, and I will strengthen you. We can go to Psalm, for not by their own sword did they win the land, nor did their own arm save them, but your right hand and your arm and the light of your face, you delighted them. Finally, Ephesians, we talked about Ephesians, finally be strong in the Lord and in the strength of his might. The Lord is faithful. He will establish and guard you against the evil one. For we do not wrestle against flesh and blood, but against rulers, against authorities, against the cosmic powers over this present darkness, against the spiritual forces in the heavenly places. For I know the plans that I have for you, declares the Lord, plans for, for welfare and not for evil, to give you future and hope. Blessed be the Lord, my rock, who trains my hands for war and my fingers for battle. Therefore, take up the whole armor of God that you may be able to withstand in the evil day and having all that is done, stand firm. I can go on and on. Be strong and courageous. Do not be afraid or dismayed. I can go on and on because the battle is the Lord's, it's not mine. And so whatever happens in this world, the battle is the Lord's. And he is going to receive victory. So here's what we need to do. We need to fill her up. Ephesians 5 says this. Don't fill yourself up with wine. Instead, be filled with the Holy Spirit. Don't get full. We always want to fill ourselves with something else. How do we do this? Really quickly, we remove the barriers. God has more steps for you in your spiritual journey. You will only get there to the degree that you remove the barriers that are in your way. What are some examples? You may not have been water baptized. Maybe that's a barrier. That's something's in the way. Your family or your marriage needs healing. Maybe that's something that's in the way. You need to lead or connect to a small group, but something is in the way. You need to get your act together, but something is in the way. And usually getting your act together, it means you're in the way. Um, You want to get closer to God, but guess what? Something's in the way. You have so much fear and hurt and resentment and anger, and God wants to remove that from you. Maybe your spiritual upbringing told you don't get anywhere near that Holy Spirit thing. Don't get anywhere near this, and that's in the way. Because why should I ever consider anything God has for me not good? And the next thing is, request the gift. Number two, request the gift of the Holy Spirit. And we need to reach a point where we say, Holy Spirit, if you have anything for me, I want it. Don't filter through your normal. 
because normal ain't working in this world. It's not working in your life. Luke 11, 13 says, If you then, though you are evil, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your Father in heaven give the Holy Spirit to those who ask? Just pray, God, fill me with the Holy Spirit. I will take anything you have for me. Number three, then receive him by faith. I want you to circle the word by faith or mentally circle faith. Because God is going to make you do something that I hate. He's going to make you take a leap. I hate it. I like to know where I'm leaping to. But God often says, and we'll see what happens when you take that leap. God is inviting you to take one more step wherever you are in your journey. Ezekiel does a great job of this. Ezekiel 47, 3 through 5. And this is what a spiritual life is like. Let's take a look at this. It says this, As the man went eastward with a measuring line in his hand, he measured off a thousand cubits and then led me to water that is ankle deep. You ever see people say they go to the beach and they just get into the water with their ankles? Like, mm, I, I went in the water. I'm like, Did you? You know what I mean? Just like, ankle deep. Okay, so this is part of the journey. This is the ankle deep. If you don't want to go to hell, then accept his baptism into the body of believers. Accept salvation. And guess what? You can have it. You can be ankle deep and say, hey, I'm good. I'm going to heaven. And, but there's more. And that's what I've always wanted for this church. I want you to constantly pursue all that God has for you. Then it says here, he says he measured off another thousand cubits and led me to water that is knee deep. Okay, so now we're knee deep here. We're getting there. Um, some of you may have come here today and said, I do not care. I am not lifting my hands. I like that song, but I'm not doing anything. And all of a sudden you were sitting there and about the second song, lifted up. He defeated the grave. You did one of these. Ooh, yeah, all right. Yeah, ooh, I'm good. You got a little bit deeper. You went from the ankles and got a little knee deep. That's okay. It's a journey. It's a journey that you're processing. Then he measured off another thousand and led me through water that was up to the waist. Up to the waist. I want to share something with you. Ankle deep, knee deep, and up to the waist. You're getting wet, but you're still in control. Your feet are still on the ground. Now, now when you're waist deep, the waves tend to do this. When your feet are in there, you're just like, mm -hmm. when your knees are in there, you're just like, mm, like that. When you're waist deep, the, the water starts to move you around. Yeah, anybody ever tried to do that when you're little, put your feet in the sand, like, mm, do that kind of thing? So you're, but you're still in control. It's harder to be waist deep, but it moves you a little bit. You say, I'm still standing under my own power. And you might say, I can't let go. Because if I do, then the river will take me wherever it wants to go. But you see, there's an invitation for all of us. And here's what Ezekiel says. He measured off another thousand. But now it was a river that I could not cross. Because the water had risen and was deep enough to swim in a river that no one can cross. And you know what's awesome? At the end of this prophecy, Ezekiel says this, and there and only there, the river was teeming with life. In other words, you only get to the good stuff in the river if you go all in. You only get to the good, the really good life if you immerse yourself in the river. 
Now, you get, the, you get the benefit of heaven by getting your ankles wet. And you may get the joy of, hey, I'm swimming. You get up to your knees or your, your waist. But guess what? You get life and power from high by immersing yourself in the river. Ezekiel gives us a wonderful picture of a spiritual journey. And here's what I want to tell you. God's not in a hurry. The only critical step is the baptism into the body of believers for heaven. But receive the invitation to take another step because God has something more for you. Hebrews 11 tells us this. And without faith, it is impossible to please God because anyone who comes to him must believe that he exists and that he rewards those who earnestly seek him. Without a leap of faith, it's impossible to please God. God rewards those who earnestly seek and pursue him because God knows your heart. He knows where you are and he knows what's left. He's not looking for perfection for you have everything. He's not looking for you to have everything in one moment. God just wants a heart and a person to say, God, I know there's more that you have for me. Help me take another step. And let me tell you, enjoy the journey. As a pastor, I've been so blessed to see people, even looking around this room, to see people who started from one point over the years and see them journey from one step to another, to amazing places to where God has called them, seeing them develop and grow and get deeper in the river of life. And that's why I want to get to the fourth thing. We're going to sing a song, and we're going to get out of here. Relate to him continually. Daily, moment by moment for God's direction, strength, and power. Ephesians 6, 18. Remember we talked about Paul went to Ephesus? It says, with all prayer and petition, pray with specific requests at all times. Well, how do we do that on every occasion and season? How do we do that in all times? Because we do it in the Spirit. Because if we're immersed in the Spirit, then our life becomes a continual prayer in the Spirit. And with this view, stay alert with perseverance and petition. For what? Interceding for others in prayer. Why, why do we do that? Because we need to persevere. Because Satan is constantly. So we need to personally persevere. And we need to intercede for each other. who are in a battle spiritually. So as I close this out today, I want to pray over you with my eyes wide open. It's okay. You can do that. And I want to pray with you from 1 Corinthians 13. And here it is. I am praying that you would have an encounter with and understand and experience, as this verse says, the amazing grace of the Master Jesus Christ. Because long before we were ready to receive him, he gave his life for us. Grace, amazing grace. He loves you so much and is willing to pay for everything you've done or will do. Will you immerse yourself in him? And I pray that you will know the extravagant love of God. You see, some have received Jesus, but your heart hasn't been healed yet. Pains of the past are here, and I pray that you may be healed by his extravagant love. The extravagant love of, that God wants to take you on a journey and feel love and be valued once again. Also that you may have this, a daily, continual, intimate friendship 
of the Holy Spirit by immersing yourself in him and may it be with you all so that when he speaks to you, that when he takes you from a broken, inferior, beat down individual and raises you up, filled with his Holy Spirit, breathing a blast of fresh air into your life, giving and using your charismata, your grace gifts that he's given to you, living under and empowered by the Pentecostal, that power of the Holy Spirit, the power to make, be, having a church that's empowered to make a difference on the earth and being immersed in his spirit. If you've never had an immersion in salvation, that's the first step. You may have thought you took that step, but you're not in a relationship. And that's all he wants. He doesn't want religion. He wants a relationship. It can begin private today, right where you are in your seat. And if so, I ask that you just close your eyes and you say this prayer to yourself. You doesn't even have to say it out loud. We don't even have to have you down at the altar saying a sinner's prayer. You just say this to Jesus. Jesus, thank you for the cross. Thank you for paying for my sins. You gave your all. So here's all my mess. And I'm giving you my all. I immerse myself in your love. I need a savior. And you're the only one. Forgive me. And save me. Place your Holy Spirit in me. Empower me to live my life for you. Others who may have been there may have never received the second step. The immersion into water baptism. And maybe you need to take that private commitment and put it on a public stage. To say, hey, I have decided to follow Jesus. No turning back. And maybe for others here, after the series... The questions now that are in your head are, maybe I need to take this third step because life's really beat me up and I need power. I need to be immersed in the Holy Spirit. God, I want all you have for me. And I want to seek that all you want to do and empower me to do so that I can live my life fully for you. If you, we are all on a journey, I'm on my own. And the bottom line is, God has a wonderful plan for your life and he loves you way too much, way too much to leave you alone. And here's the cool thing. No matter what you've done, no matter where you are, no matter what people say, no matter what um, they, they say you do, no matter how far you've gone away, no matter how close you are, the simple fact is this. You are not too far away from God to do a, a, an incredible, wonderful thing in your life. And that he may be glorified. The bigger the mess you are, the greater the miracle of God. And so, welcome to the club. I'm a mess for the kingdom. And I thank him for that. In Jesus' mighty name, amen and amen. Let's stand and let's sing and worship God this last time. I know it's a long song, but go with it. Because it's not about... It's not even about church and being here and it's not about anything else. What it's about is for you to take time to go ahead and say, okay, I'm on my journey with Christ. And, um, and you know, when you get stuck on a journey, you get worn down and you get bored. And you get, you get stuck. So God's saying, hey, I got something else for you here open up your life and say, God, where's the next place we're going? 
And here's the cool thing. When you decide to take that extra step, God and heaven all get really excited. And Satan gets really ticked off. So if you want to take off Satan, take a further step on this journey. Let's go. All right?
Rust is without borders. Let me walk upon the waters wherever you would call me. Take me deeper than my feet could ever wander, and my faith will be made stronger in the presence of my Savior. Spirit, lead me where my trust is without borders. Let me walk upon the waters wherever you would call me. Take me deeper than my feet could ever wander, and my faith would be made stronger in the presence of my Savior. Spirit, lead me where my trust is without borders. Let me walk upon the waters wherever you would call me. Take me deeper than my feet could ever wander, and my faith would be made stronger in the presence of my Savior. Spirit, lead me where my trust is without borders. Let me walk upon the waters wherever you would call me. Take me deeper than my feet could ever wander. And my faith would be made stronger in the presence of my Savior. Spirit, lead me where my trust is without borders. Let me walk upon the waters wherever you would call me. Take me deeper than my feet could ever wander. And my faith will be made stronger in the presence of my Savior. Spirit, lead me where my trust is without borders. Let me walk upon the waters wherever you would call me. That my feet could ever wander And my faith would be made stronger In the presence of my And you are mine. 
Amen, everyone. I just, uh, I mean, it's funny, I've, every time I've heard that verse, I've thought about like being overwhelmed by the water. And for the first time, because of Ezekiel's verse, where it's, my, my feet may fail, sometimes it's good for our feet to fail so that we can go where the river is teeming with life. So my prayer for you this week is to lose your footing in Jesus. Just go to the river in life. So, you know, just, just hang in there, fight, take a journey, and pray for each other. And pray for me this week, hard, particularly Thursday. Pray for me really hard this week, right? And um, he's Lord. Yes. Amen. So we're going to do some Job. We're going to do some Holy Spirit stuff. It's gonna, I'm, I'm going to get beat up a little bit more because um, I'm, I'm a glutton for punishment in the Lord. Um, so, hey, let's go for it, right? So, so we're going to get more there. But have a great week in Jesus. And next week, surprise, you'll find out what we're going to do. All right, God bless.